Welcome to the Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Henry, welcome to the Rat Race to Five podcast, dude. I'm super excited that you're here. Thanks so much for spending this morning with me. Uh, usually I have Diego, my co-host, with me, and uh, he actually got a last-minute speaking engagement, so he couldn't make it, uh, but he sends his apologies. But Henry, honestly, dude, for those who have been living under a rock, tell us who you are. I mean, yeah, give, give us a little background on you, and then, uh, and then let's just get into it, man. Uh, yeah, so I started investing about four and a half years ago. I bought my first property um, because uh, I I learned through a series of wake up calls that I just was not doing the things I needed to do with my money um, in order to provide my family, new family at the time, with the life that they deserved, and um, uh, decided that I needed to make a change. Started treating money differently, saving my money and ended up buying my first rental property. Um, and when I realized how powerful it was, because man, we basically took, you know, like monopoly money and used that as a down payment and were able to like acquire this asset that started paying me. Um, you know, I only had a thousand dollars in my savings account when I bought that first property. And so, to be able to kind of go from the circumstances that I had with bad credit and, and little to no money and then acquire a property that was paying us and then getting a line of credit on the equity from that property that I bought and then using that to be able to buy more. Like it just really showed me that, you know, this real estate thing was super powerful and that I needed to go bigger, not smaller. So from that point forward, we changed our goals. Our original goals were to buy five houses over the next five years. And we ended up doing like five deals that first month. And so I've just been, we've just been going crazy ever since, man. It's been a, it's been a wild ride. So I own about 70 rental properties. Um, we flip about 10 houses a year. And then I just started documenting the journey. Um, just because like, I mean, you know, the story, man, like that there's for, for, for Brown folks, there's just, there's typically nobody in your family tree who's, built wealth that kind of shares that information with you and schools definitely don't share it. Right. And so like, I just didn't know that this was a possibility for me. I just thought this was a path like wealthy people or businesses or corporations took. I didn't know I could do it. And so once I saw how powerful it was, I just started documenting the journey on Instagram and that's led to all kinds of craziness, man. And now I get to come on podcasts and host bigger pocket stuff. And it's just been a wild ride, man. Man, that's, that's awesome. And at Rat Race, uh, our podcast, The Mastermind, like everything we do, uh, we try to give a platform to anyone and everyone that has some type of um, real estate or business activity going on. But I try to focus, I don't wanna say I try to focus on minority groups, but I definitely see that I kind of like gravitate more towards the underdog story. Um, and anyone who says that it's not, they're crazy, right? Because it is harder for the minority group um, to, to get to, uh, into real estate or into business. It's just harder. It just is because, and it's no one's fault but ourselves. So let's, let, like for myself, I take the blame. But <clears throat> before we get into the whole like story of, of real estate and how you got to 70 doors and all that, 
I want the people that are going to be listening to kind of be able to attach themselves to your story. Give us a little background. Where did you go to high school? Like, what kind of, what kind of, what were you a jock? Were you like, what, how, what kind of person were you in high school? Give us the college story. Like, give us some background about your upbringing. Where did you grow up? Uh, did you have like a rich uncle that got you the seventy doors? I mean, give us the, give us the sauce, man. Yeah, no, man. So I grew up in Bakersfield, California, um, and uh, my pops and my mom are college educated and so they were like the first to be college educated in their families and so that was a big deal for them and so like that was always the path that they told us we were going to take there wasn't an option like my options were you're going to go to college or you're going to go to the military um like that's you know they they just that's the path that they knew to be right. able to make money and take care of your family right and so um you know, make money without having to work with your back, right? Like to be able to work with your mind. And so um, that's just what they've, inst they instilled it in my sister and I, you know, since, since we could remember is that we were going to go to college. We had to get good grades. So we can go to college so we can get a job and we could, you know, take care of our families and save for retirement. And so like, like grades were a huge deal for us. I was an athlete. I played basketball. My hope, my dad was, uh, a phenomenal basketball player and so like I had a basketball in my hands before I could walk and so I just I was playing ball ball my whole life I ended up playing some like uh played some juco ball and then I ended up playing some semi-pro ball after college so I kind of got to live out my my pro ball dreams for a little bit but um but my dad you know was always so he was a high school art teacher right and so um you know teachers don't make a phenomenal salary um, and so he always had a side hustle, man. Um, he was just built like that. Yeah. Like before I was born, he used to grow plants, uh, at home. He's got a green thumb. And so he would grow plants at home and then he would pot them and take them to the swap meet and sell them at the swap meet. Now, everybody might not know what the swap meet is, but, uh, but Henry, you know. I thought that that was going a totally different way. I was yeah, like, no, different, different kind of plants. I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. No, these were legit actual. For those like, that, that know this podcast, yeah. know that I got kicked out of high school for selling dope. So I was like, yeah. we going that way? Cause we can, yeah. we can go that way. We can keep the gangster on the podcast, but I just want to know where we're going with this. Interview. Okay. Swap me. Yes. Swap me. I know what you're talking about. Keep going. And so, um, and then he owned, <laughs> he owned an arcade. So kind of like a, you know, a passive business for, for what passive businesses could be back then right and so right. he owned an arcade that was back when you had to go to a place to play video games you couldn't just like walk in your room and turn on the most amazing video games right and so um and so yeah it was like a, you know basically like a big vending machine business that just operated in a in a strip mall with video with, with, with video games and he would just go and serve some and 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 that was about it and then um he owned a barbecue restaurant for most of my childhood so for about 10 years of my childhood he owned a barbecue restaurant so i would see him go to work at school and then after school or at lunch on his lunch breaks he would go shop for the restaurant get them their supplies and then after school he'd go cook right and so like i saw him hustle with these side businesses and it was just my life like i didn't think like i just thought people did that right and so and he never talked to me about like owning my own business or having a side hustle or making my own money on the side like he didn't like those weren't like I don't want to say those weren't lessons he were he was teaching. He was teaching me through his actions, but he didn't like sit right. me down and say, "Hey, you go get a job, but you can also start your own business and do this." <clears throat> it wasn't those kind of conversations. I just saw him through doing, um, but I didn't realize the kind of seed that it planted until it was time for me 
to look into starting my own business and starting a real estate investment company. Because when I had my epiphany where I just said, Hey, you know what, time to make a change. I got to do something. And I decided that real estate was the path. Like it never dawned on me that I couldn't do it. Like it, it just like, you know, most people are scared. They think they might fail when they start a business. Like I never had those fears. I was just like, uh, I'll just start an extra business. Cause that's what I saw my dad do for my whole life. So I was like, when it was time to start a business, I didn't have that fear. I just did it. Right. I'm, you know, that's interesting. Cause I'm kind of in the same boat. I always saw my parents like hustle two or three jobs to kind of get us ahead. Um, and it's the same thing when I started in real estate, I, I never thought that I would fail. Like that wasn't even an option really. Like, like you said, it wasn't ever there that I would fail. I think for me, Henry, it was more of the limiting beliefs of, do I deserve wealth? Yes, absolutely. That was that was my biggest stopping. Like, do I actually deserve this? And even to this day, Henry, I won't lie to you. Like when I walk into the VIP lounges at, you know, just traveling or traveling mm-hmm. first class or, you know, vacations, like even sometimes I still get imposter syndrome. Like, do I deserve this? Yeah. But I never had the mental block of, am I going to fail at real estate because of the hustle that my parents got? You know, when I mentor people at Rat Race, um, I always tell them, have you ever missed a mortgage payment? And they're like, no, no, I would never. I'm like, why do you think you're going to miss one with your rentals? I'm like, if, if, if you like for me, mm-hmm. if I don't have a tenant in place and I have to go Uber or flip a house or wholesale a deal, like I'm not going to lose my rental property. I've worked way too hard right. to get them. Um, if I got to go out there and change the flooring because a contractor can't get out there next week and I need to get this place rented, like I'm going to go get on my hands and knees and make this work. So like, I never, I never questioned my ability to make it in real estate. My biggest issue was imposter syndrome or do I deserve this type of wealth, right? That comes with real estate because real estate's going to make you wealthy, right? If you stick with it long enough. Do you have, did you ever have that Henry? Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had, I had, I had imposter syndrome on so many levels, man. So I had it on the, like the first time it really hit me like a ton of bricks was when I was developing my first uh, course. Um, Cause I didn't like, I, I developed my courses just as a means to like give people a way to get access to information inexpensively. Right. And then if they went through that information, then I would, then I would be willing to kind of hop on a call or talk to them a little bit because as my social media started to grow, I would get more requests. And before yeah. my social media grew, I would just answer everybody. And then as it right. grew, like I just couldn't keep up. Right. And so I was like, I'll put these courses out here for, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks. And then if you take the course and you still have questions, I'm happy to talk to you. Cause you've shown me that you like, you, you're right. serious, right. You've put some, some money and time into, right. into learning what you want to do. And so, but I remember I was right. I was like, like right in the course or, you know, and I, I, I would do like a whole chapter when I first got started. And then I remember I get done with the chapter and I come be reading through it and I just delete the whole thing. Cause I'd be like, man, nobody wants to hear this. Like nobody's, nobody's going to hear this. Nobody wants to hear this from me. Like, right. <laughs> like they can go, they can go hear this from somebody else. Like, why would they, why would they want this from you? And I remember I must have wrote the first chapter of that of my first course maybe three or four times before I just <laughs> before I just was like whatever I'm gonna put it out there and see how it does, and yeah. um, uh, you know I didn't realize it at the time but like that was my imposter syndrome kicking my butt like yeah. thinking that people don't care what you have to say or mm-hmm. aren't gonna want to learn from you because who are you right you're just you're just a dude nobody cares like there, there's so many other people out there who are smarter than you or like it's just that voice in the back of your head yeah. that i really had to battle with and and learn to really just ignore 
um, because it doesn't matter what what you think you know or what you think you don't know. Like there's an audience for you. There's somebody who can be inspired by you. It could be one person. It could be a thousand people. It could be hundreds of thousands of people. But you won't right. know that until you put your message out there. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent, man. I, I it's same thing when we built our course at. Uh, and for those of you guys that are listening, um, Diego and I own Rat Race to find the mastermind. Henry Washington owns also a mastermind. He has a course. Definitely go check that out on his socials. We'll have all that uh, in the links in the bio description below. <clears throat> but uh, Henry, that was the same thing with us. Like when Diego and I first started, we were like, man, do people are people really going to care like to learn from us? We're not the typical, you know, <laughs> 60 or 50, 60 year old white man that owns 100 rentals, right? Like. Right we own maybe half and, and, yeah. and we're, we're not, we don't own huge apartment buildings, right? Like yeah. we know how to buy single family homes and maybe small 50 unit or under, like, are we going to be relatable to people? But what we found out pretty quickly, Henry, was that like, there is a lot of investors that look like us, mm-hmm. but don't have like that role model. You could almost say, right. Yeah. Like they don't have someone to look up to. That's not a Grant Cardone or, you know, uh, uh, and, and shout out to these people, right? Like I'm not, I'm not downing them at all, but, um, even when I was first starting to learn, I was like, man, there's, there's no Mexican real estate investors. Like <laughs> right. it's all bro. <laughs> I used to think it was funny. Cause like cat Williams does this joke about like the presidents. He goes white, 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 yeah. white, 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 yeah. white. And then black, you've seen that one, right? Yeah. Bro. That's how it was for me when I was learning real estate dog. I was like, white, 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 like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But there's gotta be like, someone that knows like what it felt like coming up, you know, anyway. So uh, all that to say, like, uh, yeah, that imposter syndrome definitely hit. And, and if you're out there and if you're an investor and and you're an an immigrant or or Brown or or white, it doesn't matter, man, just go out there and find your tribe. I think it's the most important thing you can do uh, and and then just connect and, and, and start investing. So Henry, what would you say to, to that person out there that's scared to get started in real estate or has that imposter syndrome and hasn't got started uh, because of that fear of like, oh, I can't buy real estate, man. That's for institutions or that's for rich folk. That's for those people, right? That, that, that's not for me. I'm stuck in my nine to five forever. I'm, I'm lucky to make six figures. Like I should just yes, do this for the gosh, rest of my life. Man. So like, bro, man, I know, like, that, and I see man. the frustration in your face because yeah. I was the same way. And I know that you see hundreds of people like that. What do you say to someone that's like, oh, this is as far as I need to go. I don't need to aspire for more. I should be happy where I'm at. Yeah, man. So so what I tell those people is like, look, man, a seed's been planted in you, right? A seed's been planted in you Come by, on. by God. Because if not, you wouldn't even be asking these questions. You would just be going about your nine to five. You wouldn't be thinking, is there something more? Or I, I'm thinking about doing this, but maybe it's not for me. Well, that seed's been planted and it's been planted for a reason, right? And so you have to trust that 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 seed, that seed, that thought, that thing that won't leave you alone, that you keep thinking about and you keep mm-hmm. pushing back because you think you don't deserve it because you think it's not for you or because you think you can't do it. That's that that's that voice uh, trying to stop you from doing what what God or the creator that you believe in wants you to do. Right. Because if that seed's been planted, that means your 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 tribe is out there. Your audience right. is out there. There's somebody out there who needs you. Right. Or else that seed wouldn't be planted. And maybe it's not like that you're supposed to become some big influencer and buy a bunch of property. No, maybe it's that you're supposed to buy property because there's somebody in your community you're supposed to provide housing to. Right. 
maybe you're supposed to do this because there's somebody in your community that's struggling even more than you are with these thoughts and they need to see you do it so that they can do it. And it creates this ripple effect of, of people creating opportunities and housing and helping other people like that seed has been planted for a reason. So don't, you have to ignore the voice telling you to quit. You have to ignore the voice telling you it's not for you. You have to ignore the voice telling you, you can't do it. You really have to put that in the back and you, and I heard something, uh, I heard a, uh, a clip from Mike Tyson the other day. He said, when, when that doubt starts to creep in for him, he fights it and he just fights it with positivity. And so really? every time like a, a doubt, doubtful thought creeps in his head, he just starts telling himself affirmations. No, you no, this is for you. You're a champion. You're the best. You're a beast. No one can stop you. You can do this. And he just says those things out loud to yeah. counteract that negative thought with that positivity, uh, right. to help him mentally get past it. And I thought that was so like just a little clever tip that we can all use. Like when you, when that voice creeps in there, just fight it with some positivity and keep moving forward. The other thing I tell you is like, like just take one step right just take one step in that right direction you don't have to know exactly what every you know what your your next series of 11 steps are going to be before you take the first one because i promise you bro like the way i got my first deal done was nothing like the way i thought i was supposed to do my first deal right like but i didn't let my negative thoughts stop me i didn't i made a decision that i was going to be a successful investor and so when I started buying property, I took, I took the first step just by telling people I was going to be an investor. The second step yeah. was getting around other local investors. <clears throat> and when that deal came to me, I didn't have the down payment money. I didn't have financing in place. And when he said, can you buy this? I said, yes. Right. Um, even though I didn't know how. And so don't let you not knowing how stop you from saying yes and moving forward. Because I promise you, once you get a deal, once you get something that's going to get you motivated to go figure out what those next steps are, they might be different. You might not know what they are because you haven't learned yet. That doesn't mean you can't get the deal done, right? Like, don't let what you don't know stop you from being successful. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And back to what you were saying about the, um, uh, like, your talents and what you have. I know, and not to get, like, religious, but I know, like, in the book of Matthew in the Bible, it talks about, like, the talents that God gives you and how like you you use those um but it also impacts other people like you were yes. saying so it's powerful to do that and i remember i was in a conversation with ryan pineda huge shout out to that guy follow him on instagram if you don't already um i asked him like yo when is enough enough right um for you because like i don't know when enough enough is for me because yeah, i built the system and it just keeps going um and there's two things that i learned from that conversation because ryan's a straight shooter and i love the guy but he said two things. He said, number one, Felipe, because um, I was also hinting to like, uh, you know, he, he was telling me how much he spends a month on his expenses and living and all that. Um, and I was like, dang, that's a lot. Like, does it ever affect you in your faith? Uh, and he was like, well, it's interesting. Let's let's look at it. How much do you spend a month? And I told him and uh, he was like and then he told me how much he spends. And he was like, so based on your net worth and your income, you spend like 50 percent more than I do monthly. And I was like. I never thought about it that way. Like, yeah, he spends in numbers way more than I do a month, but I spend more um, in percentages of my net worth. And he was like, so who's being a better steward? And I was like, whoa, that's huge. Lesson number one, right? And then lesson number two, when I asked him about uh, when is enough enough, 
he basically was like, well, it's like this. What happens if I die and get to heaven? And God is like, yo, with everything I gave you, I was expecting more. Like you stopped at 45. I needed you to make a bigger impact and I gave you more talents to do so. So like when I think about slowing down or stopping, I think, okay, am I doing this because am I slowing down because I want to spend more time with my son? Great. Yeah. Uh, am I spending more time with my family? Great. Or w- why, why would I want to slow down? Yeah. If I have all the time in the world with my family that I want, but the systems and, and processes that I've built are continuing to grow, then it doesn't have to stop because it's the impact that the talent that God gave me to continue to go. So I, so when those limiting beliefs get to me, when I'm like, oh, I'm not enough, or I shouldn't be this wealthy, or I shouldn't, and I'm not even calling myself wealthy. I'm just saying I have my time back. Like, I don't even deserve that. I think yeah. about like, well, you know, if you're given a talent and you don't use it to its potential, then technically didn't you waste that talent? Absolutely. So that's the affirmation that I give myself. It's like, okay, I'm giving this talent. I should be using it to the max, right? Because it's what was God given to me or the universe, whatever you guys that are listening believe in, don't waste the talent that has been given to you. So that's what I tell myself, Henry, to answer the question that, that I asked you as well. Um, I want to add you know, yeah. one thing to that. Like, it, it, I've, always been, I've always been able to at least understand that there's a little voice in my head telling me to do something. Um, and I think that we all can kind of tune into that or we all are aware and it happens to all of us. And a lot of the times when it's something we don't want to deal with, we just are tuning it out. Like when the little voice in my head tells me I need to buy more property, I buy more property. When the little voice in my head tells me I need to, you know, uh, you know, not eat that snack. I'm like, hey, you know, well, it's delicious. So I'll eat it. <laughs> right. Like we, like we all we all we all hear it. Right. And, and so <clears throat> when you tune into that, like so when I when I bought my first property it hit me like a ton of bricks like i said about like how wealth is truly created and how powerful this was and my thought like the feeling i was overwhelmed with was that i have to share this I, i didn't even know what that meant right i just was like i felt like god was telling me i had to share this with people and so the only thing i knew was to put it on social media and like but because i listened to that voice and i did what it was telling me to do it's now led me to things like this, where I get to connect with you, where I get to, you know, be on podcasts, where I get to, I've been on television. I've like all these things, like when I've listened and was a good steward of what he was telling me to do with the skills and the information that he'd given me right. so that I could give it to more people. He's continued to bless me with more. So if you listen yeah. to that voice, if it's telling you, Hey, buy this property, Hey, talk to this guy about real estate. Right. And you do that. I'm telling you, the little doors start to open up and you'll see a path, man, to like, and if the doors don't open, you don't, you don't get discouraged, right? You can keep going. And if the doors are just getting shut in your face, maybe that means that's not the right path. Pivot a little bit, see what happens. Yeah, I I remember. um, So Henry, my goal uh, during college, uh, believe it or not, I know that earlier I talked about getting kicked out of high school for selling dope. (laughs) After that, um, I, I couldn't go back to regular school. So I ended up going to a Christian school, which for like 99% of it, I hated until the last, like maybe two weeks where, uh, anyways, that's, that's, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so like, I wanted to be a police officer after that. Um, and like for like the next four years of college and everything, I like dedicated my life and time to wanting to be a police officer. What was interesting was every door along the way was getting shut. Like, nope, 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 nope. And I couldn't figure out why. 
And I got into this position where I was like, oh, I just got to grind through it. I just got to like no to this door. I got to go through this door and I got to figure this out. And I got to figure this out. Dude, I did that for four and a half, almost five years until I basically forced myself into the police academy. And three days in, they asked me to leave because they had enough quote. We have right. enough Latino police officers to meet quota for this class. You can leave. End quote. Just like that, bro. No question. Like I was like, you're not serious right now. Wow. And they were, and I couldn't go back. And then I found real estate and real estate was just as hard as getting into the police department, but <clears throat> it felt different because I was actually on the path. I felt that I was supposed to be on. So like a no wasn't a negative. It was a lesson learned. Right. So what I always tell people, it's like, okay, to know if you're on the right path, for yourself, and let's just call it business or real estate, are the no's lessons or are the no's just shut doors? And I think that little bit of information yes. is enough to know the difference. So when the police department said, no, you can't be a cop, close the door. I didn't learn a lesson. It was just, it was just no. But when a banker tells me no to a loan, I, I'll never forget my first loan. I walked in and I asked, I was, I'm not going to say her name. I asked the banker lady, I was like, can I get a loan for this house? And she said, no. And then I was able to ask why not? And she yeah. told me your credit score is not high enough. You don't have enough money in the bank and you don't, it was something, um, Oh, two years of work history. And I was like, Oh, I can fix all that. So I did. And then I went back and still bought that house. And that house still is the highest cash flow house I have. So all that to say, Henry is like, my no became a lesson yes. and that changed it. And I knew I was on the right path when I could take lessons from my nose and it's just blew up my real estate empire. We, we're going to church today. I love Let's it. Let's go. I this, love is it. A, this is not a religious podcast. Yeah. I swear, but I just feel like me and Henry are on the same wavelength here. Yeah, I, it's fun. I have the exact same bank story. The exact same. One of my first, one really? of my first, before, be, before I had bought a house, I went to a bank to see if they'd qualify me to buy a loan before I had a contract on one. And yeah. she pulled my information and she was like, nah, we can't lend to you. And I was so offended. And she was like, no, well, she was like, well, let me let me tell you why. And she wrote me a detailed email and was oh, like, I love that. This is what we look for. This is where you're at. This is what we look for for credit score. This is where you're at. This is. And I was just like. Oh, what's your disrespect for? No, right. <laughs> yeah. But it was like it was, it, you're 100 percent right. It was a lesson. And I went and I fixed all those things. Yes. And that bank is my main bank today. They do almost all my loans. OK, so let's talk about that. Um. What was your mindset in getting to, because that's discouraging, bro. Cause I didn't get the email, but I got the talk. Like she yeah. mommed M O M E D me. She was yeah. like, Felipe, your credit score sucks. This is where you're at. Da, 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 da. You need to fix this before you come back in here. And I was like, oh snap. Yeah. But when I left, I felt encouraged. Like, okay, I can fix these problems. Yep. I can't fix growing up broke. I can't fix being um, uh, uneducated or I can fix, sorry, I can fix being uneducated in real estate by going to get educated. I can fix like all these things. So what was your mindset when you got that email? Yeah, man, I was super discouraged. Like I was, I was angry and then I was super discouraged. And then I realized like, after I took my emotions out of it, I'm like, sh she wasn't, she wasn't telling me no. Yeah. I can't lend to you. She was telling me I can't lend to you. And here's why so yes. that I can lend to you later. She didn't say never come back here. 
Yeah. She just said, we look for this and here's where you are, which told me that if I can get into the category, then I become bankable. And I just never, like I had never had those lessons and, and nobody had ever told me. And so people like that's, that's the beautiful thing that you were smart enough to ask. You asked why I was lucky enough that she told me, yeah. but I tell my students all the time. I'm like, if you get denied, just ask them why they'll tell you why, and then go fix yes. the problem if you can fix it. Right. Um, and it's, it, it's phenomenal. So it was discouraging and encouraging at the same time. Cause I immediately went and I fixed those things. So what happened was there were some things on my credit that were causing my score to be low and I had, uh, they were debts that I, that I didn't want to pay because I didn't feel like I, it was, it was from when I was a renter and, and they were charging me for things that somebody else did right. a really long story short. And so I just said, well, screw y'all. I'm not paying that. Not thinking about how that's impacting me on my credit. I didn't need my credit that much before that. So like, I was like, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then now, and then now, you know, as, as someone who wants to buy property and, and I need to leverage my credit a lot more, um, I had to make a decision and that decision was go try to fight these people. Maybe it goes to court. Maybe they remove it. Maybe they don't or shut up and pay it. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I told people in a store one time, I was like, I got a real good credit hack for y'all. For those of you who are trying to buy property and your credit slowing you down. I was like, go pull a credit report and look at all the things that you owe that are causing you to pull your credit down. Pay that. No, you didn't just tell them the secret <laughs> to get your credit high. No, you didn't just drop the secret to getting your credit back to normal. It's, it's that hack is it's that undefeated. Simple. Right. And and so like and, and I had to like take my emotions out of it. Who cares who was right and who was wrong at this point? Oh, it's a pride thing. This is a stepping thing. stone Thanks. to wealth. Henry, say, say I'm wrong. It's a pride yeah. thing that you yeah. don't want to pay that. Whether yeah. you're right or wrong, it's holding you back from what yeah. you want. And yeah. it's 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 as simple as, OK, that thousand dollar, that two thousand dollar bill that you have that you're like, no, I'm not going to pay that. It's like that is holding you back from investing in a half a million dollar property at 10% yes. down, 20% down. Yeah. It's like when people don't want to pay taxes. I'm like, look, you it, taxes are a two-edged sword. If you are getting a check back from your taxes, you're probably not going to be investing, my guy. Right. If you are paying a little bit into the government of your taxes, then you're probably going to be investing. Now, on the other side of that, like once you become a sophisticated investor, then like me and Henry, we pay a little bit less in taxes because we cost seg, but that's all down the road. Right. But when you're starting out, dude, you're going to pay the piper. That's it. Uncle Sam's going to get his money. You got to drop the pride thing, pay the money to borrow more money. And it starts with at first. Yes. Your, your credit score. Yeah, <clears throat> man. Big, big. in it, in it. You know, it's and I'm glad I learned that lesson. You know, it, it we'll be 100% real. I'm gonna share everything with everybody. Look, man, I had a I had a a medical debt, a recent medical debt. Right. Long story short, uh, they they build it. My insurance built it incorrectly. I had two forms of insurance, and they build it backwards. And so both companies denied the claim. And so I've been fighting with them to get them to switch it up, and so that it gets covered. And without me knowing it, even while we were fighting it, they sent it to collections. Mm. and it negative and i didn't know and so my credit score came down pretty Dang. substantially and my banker called me and was like hey what's up with your credit and i was like oh, nothing nothing right and so she's like hey this is on here and so i had a decision to make it was six thousand dollars which is you know that's a lot of money right yeah those people absolutely and i could have called the insurance company and and pitched a fit and said y'all need to fix this but at the end of the day that could have taken you know 120 days, six months, a year, who knows how long that would take for them to fix right. what they got to fix and get it going. So I, I paid it. 
Right. Should I have had to pay it? Absolutely not. Agreed. I am 100% in the right. Yeah. But I still had to pay it because my business, like I'm in the business of building wealth or real estate. My credit's important, right? My business is important. And it doesn't matter. Pride doesn't matter at that point. What matters is being able to continue to grow and scale my business so that I can continue to build wealth for my family and so that I continue to inspire other people to do the same. You've got to swallow your pride sometimes. Bro, and that's the why that I don't think many real estate investors, I don't think any guru or or or, or trainer or course maker, or whatever, has been able to tangibly or 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 put on paper. What is that? And let's try. What is that? Why? What is that secret sauce that everyone talks about that you're talking about right now? Because I have it too. Nothing is going to disrupt my why, even myself. Even myself's pride is not going to self-destruct the mission that I have for real estate. If I have to pay a $6,000 medical bill because my insurance messed up and it's affecting my ability to invest, I guarantee you I'm digging into my pocket to pay for it. But Henry, what is that? What do you call that, that we have that I wish I could show other people how to do? Or I get that all the time, Henry, where it's like, yeah, dude, but I have this like thing that's on my credit or I have this medical bill or or, or the loan on my student debt is high and and I'm just not going to pay it because I don't feel like this. I'm like, so you're literally letting that stop you from investing in real estate. Yeah, like man. what what is that like how do we help people get rid of that because henry i guarantee you a lot of people still have that issue yeah man so i think that it, that's a that's a two-part question right because helping people get rid of it and then looking people for looking for people that have it are like two different things okay and so like when i am like when i am looking to work with with people in my in my mentorship group mm-hmm. right the thing that i found that the people that have it are is they're looking to build wealth for more than just themselves, right? It's not about just them. And so when I work with those people who are doing this because, hey, I'm, I've got to retire my mom. She works too hard mm-hmm. and I've got to get my passive income stream up so that I can take care of her living expenses, right? Or I've, I've, I'm doing this so that I can understand real estate, get some cash flow, so that I can create housing for for um, women coming out of abusive relationships, like right. my mom or my sister or somebody was in an abusive relationship, and it, that that means something to me. So I need to do this so I can do that, right? And and so when I when I work with people whose whose why is beyond them. They are the ones that I find who have that thing, mm-hmm. right? Who have that thing that we're talking about, that right. it's these things aren't going to stop. I'm not even going to get in my own way because my purpose isn't for me. I get to be the recipient of the benefits of my purpose and I get to utilize that and enjoy those things, but it's not for me. Wait, say so, that, say that again, because I know people are going to miss that. And, and that just really did a light bulb in my head. That is a light bulb nugget moment. Say that part again, where I am the recipient. Go for it. Yes. So if your why, if your reason for doing what you're doing is bigger than you, you're not going to let anything stop you. You're not going to let yourself stop you. You're not going to let other people stop you because you're doing this for something larger than yourself. But the beauty of the wealth that you're building is that you still get to be the recipient 
of that wealth. You get to utilize that wealth, but you are doing it so that you can share or give or build for others. And so we're blessed to be able, like I'm blessed to be able to, to live a wonderful life because of the wealth that I'm building, but I keep going and I don't let anything stop me because the purpose of the wealth isn't for me. It's for somebody else. So don't just focus on, I need to get wealthy so that I can do this for me. If that focus is on somebody else, you still get to do all the awesome things that wealth creates. But when your purpose is bigger than you, nothing stops you. And you get to, you, you, I think, I think we live up to higher than, than our full potential because it's not about us. And so you need something that's going to push you. Right. And for us, if it was just about us, we'd hit that limit of this is the lifestyle that I want. And so now I can stop and I can go sit on the beach and enjoy my lifestyle. But like you and I talked about earlier, you know, knowing when to stop. Well, if your purpose is beyond you, if your purpose is to educate others, if your purpose is to build housing for impoverished communities, if your purpose is to, you know, take care of veterans that come back from from overseas and and have PTSD, right? Like if that's your purpose, like it's so much, but you're, you're going to push yourself so much further than you even thought you could. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. And uh, I really like the mentality that boxers have when they're training for a fight where like you, you don't win in the ring. You win um, while you're training and when you beat yourself in the mirror. Like it has to be more than you. If you go in there to win for yourself, you're going to lose. If you go into real estate to get rich for yourself, <clears throat> I, I just don't see you getting far because the moment a toilet breaks at two in the morning, <laughs> the moment you're losing money on a rental, you're not going to see the big picture. When you have a bigger reason to invest than yourself, that's when you're going to do it. And I think for me, it was like that desire to get my family ahead. And I'll never forget what Diego said. So actually let's be super transparent and vulnerable here. I was investing in real estate before my son was born and I was making headway. I got wealthy and my time back rich, whatever you want to call it after my son was born. Why? So my son was born with something called sensory processing disorder. So for the first two years of his life, he would wake up every two hours. So he never slept a lot. So like at 12, he would wake up at two or three, wake up at four or five, wake up at nine, go to sleep. And it was consistent like this for two years. And I don't mean crying. I mean like yelling, like we would go to the hospital sometimes like, yo, is he okay? Like, this isn't normal. Like and Henry enough to say, like, we don't want to have a second baby. And like, I have a desire for another kid, but like with the fear that we got with my son. Now he's you know awesome. Like now he's great. But like those first two years were so dreadful, dude. Like I don't even remember those two years. Yeah, man. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to keep my marriage, keep my family, um, be there to help my wife with my son, because I was like, what if he's like this for the rest of his life? I don't have the, I don't have the luxury of going to work, if that makes sense. I yeah. can't be gone from the house for eight hours a day because my son and my wife need me at home because she needs a break. I need a break. Like we couldn't even yeah. go to the grocery store, Henry, because 
Like my son wouldn't get in the car. He would cry the whole way there, cry all the way back. It was crazy, bro. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had to get rich. I didn't have, like, there wasn't a plan B. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Like if I get down to it, that's why I got wealthy. I don't know if I've ever said that before out loud. It was because my son's infancy was, it's weird to say out loud this way, but it's probably the most growing up fastest I've mm-hmm. ever had to do. It was like live or die, like fight or flight type, shit, dude. It was wild, but I didn't have an exit. It was like, dude, you got to get rich because you got to be home, right? Yes. So like you have to find that yes. for it to work out. And, yes. uh, and that's what it was for me. I mean, ultimately it was like, dude, if I don't get rich, I'm going to lose my family. Like, cause we're not going to make it past this. And I, and I want people to think too, like if, if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like, man, well, I don't really have that, but I've already gotten started. Um, and, or I don't want to stop me or aren't that to stop me from getting started. That's awesome. Continue to start, yes. but, but open, like have that thought every morning when you wake up, write it down, say, what am I looking, what am I doing this for? That's larger than me. Cause I promise you, if you're taking these steps, that thing is there. God wants you to have that thing. It's there. Mm-hmm. You just, your brain hasn't opened up to it yet. It, yeah. It's just, you haven't seen it yet. Cause your brain's not opened up to it. So once you open your mind up to figuring out what that thing is, it'll hit you like a ton of bricks one day. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. this is, this is why I'm supposed to build wealth. Yeah. This exact reason right here, open your mind. It's there. It's there. Don't be discouraged. If you don't feel like you have it, it's there. Just open your brain up to it. I, I always tell my my mentees <clears throat> at Rat Race that I had almost an anxiety to get wealthy. Like every morning it was like, holy, shit, I, I, I got to go do this. Like, yeah. if not, like, I don't know, like you got to find that anxiety, that that desire inside of you that that God's already put there if you have it. And you just got to put gas on the flame. It's there. You yeah. just have to like tap into it and go. Henry, I have two questions before we get off this podcast, because I don't want to take up your whole day. Number one, what's with the color purple? I see it everywhere around you. Yeah. Like what, what is, what is the color purple, man? I love it. It pops. What, yeah. what is it? What is it? Yeah, man. You know, no one's ever asked me that. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that question. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you've heard me kind of tell my story before, um, but the, the way I got into real estate uh, was I had a panic attack at three in the morning because uh, I realized. Oh that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I realized that, you know, after having a conversation with my wife being newly married, we talked about dream homes and we talked about vacations we would go on. And I realized like, I don't have the funds to do any of this. I don't have the savings. I don't have the, like, I, I can't provide what she wants. Right. And so part of my initial reason why was I knew I had to change because I needed to give her the life that she deserved. Come on. And so um, that was part of what got me started. And then once I got my first deal under contract, I went to the bank and I needed I, I needed $20,000 to buy the property for my down payment. I only had a thousand dollars in savings. So I needed $19,000. And so, um, you it's know, funny. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so two things, when I woke up from that panic attack first, I woke up from that panic attack at, at three in the morning, I told my wife, Hey, we're going to be real estate investors. Mind you, this is a guy who had bad credit. Couldn't even be on the loan for the house that we were currently living in. Didn't know how to handle any money. And I told my wife, we're going to buy rental properties. And she was like, all right, come on, let's do it. Right. Oh, really? At three no, in the morning? No doubt. She was just like, she was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. And so, and so then we fast forward, I got my first deal. I need that $19,000 because I only have one. And, um, 
what I ended up learning that I could do was take out a loan against the 401k mm-hmm. to borrow that money. And then you be your own bank because you're borrowing your own money and you're paying yourself back with interest. Um, but I was financially irresponsible. I didn't have a 401k. So I had to go to my wife and say, hey, remember when I said we were going to be real estate investors? Well, for us to buy this house, we need to borrow $19,000 from you. Maybe, maybe we should be interviewing Henry's wife. Right? She, Absolutely. She's, like, she's the, the real sauce she's, here. She's, 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 and so she, it, no doubt, Felipe, at the second I said, we need to borrow 19 from your 401k, she was like, all right, let's do it. And we bought Sweet. that property wow. and that property changed our life forever. And so I would not be here without her. I would not. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do this uh, without her encouragement and support. I literally couldn't have bought my first property without her trusting me enough to let me borrow her hard saved 401k funds to buy our first rental property, you know? Um, And so purple is her favorite color. And so I knew once we started a business, I wanted like some representation of her in, in the logo and something I see every day. Man, that's so cool. You've never, I don't, have you ever told that story? I've never told that to anybody. Dang, that's dope. I love that. Okay. So represent the purple. I love it. Um, Well, that's huge. I wasn't expecting that. So totally caught me off guard. That's amazing. One, I think we need to be interviewing your wife, bro. I think we got the wrong person on the mic. Facts. That's 100% right. You absolutely (laughs) It sounds like, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm the same way. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for my wife. My wife actually slid into Brandon Turner's DMs Mm -hmm. on my birthday when um, the first year my son was born. And like I said earlier, like it was really hard on us. So she couldn't even leave to get me a birthday present. So what she did was she slid into Brandon Turner's DMs and was like, yo, can you give Felipe 30 minutes of your time for his birthday? Um, And and Brandon actually wrote back and was like, I can't on his birthday because his birthday is the same as my wife's, but I will the next day. So the only reason Brandon Turner replied was because me and Brandon Turner's wife have the same birthday. So there was like a small like correlation there. And um, that conversation changed my life. Um, And from there I got, but it was like my wife taking an action with me. And then from there, her encouraging me and believing in me every single day. So I I agree hundred percent. Like everything I've built is because of my wife, no questions asked. Now, my second question, what are some things, because you have a mastermind, you lead a group of guys and girls uh, through real estate and business. What are a couple of things that you see in people that you're like, yeah, he or she is going to make it, or I'm not so sure. What are some of like, what are some of those key factors that you see in people that you're like, I, I think, I think he's really, or she's really going to make it because we've all seen yeah. it. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a phenomenal question. Uh, besides what we talked about earlier, which is uh-huh. wanting to do something bigger than just making money for themselves. Right. Um, cause that's absolutely a huge factor. And when, when I know somebody's going to make it, when I'm interviewing them on a phone call to join my mastermind and they tell me a why that's bigger than them, I'm like, oh, they're going to crush it. Oh yeah. And nine times out of 10, they do. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the other thing is, uh, Felipe is how quick they are to take action, right? That's if they, huge. if they jump in the first day and they're already applying the things that we're teaching, the, the, the success comes so much faster for them. And then once they get that first taste of success, like people don't realize that first taste of success, that proof of concept, if it lights you up and then, and then they just go bigger. So the ones who take action immediately, even if they don't get results right away, I know I'm like, they're going to kill it. Here it comes. Cause they took action 
right away. They didn't they didn't try to figure all the steps out first. They just said, I'm going to take this first lesson I'm learning and I'm putting it to work. Um, and so just taking action without having to know everything that's the next step right away. Those people, they kick butt. And um, the last thing I see is uh, and it takes a little longer to see this, um, but the ones who are relentlessly consistent in their pursuit, regardless of the success that it's yielding. Right. So I'll, I'll have some students that get started and it doesn't produce the results right away that they want. And then they take their foot off the gas or they try to spend a little less money or they try to put a little less time into it. Yeah. And I, I, I immediately go like, those are the ones I got to jump in and, 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 you know, kind of, you know, punch them in the gut a little bit. Um, but the ones who don't hesitate or even put their foot on the gas a little more, even when they first get started and it's not working out the way they want, I, they, they take it to the moon. Yeah, I agree hundred percent with that. I would, I would add on my end. Um, one of the things, one of the most, I'll go with partnerships. One of the most successful partnerships I've seen is when you get a very, very smart analytical, obviously an A plus student and you get a C or D student. And if they somehow can connect those people, I have seen blow up because you got a visionary and an implementer or an yeah. integrator and a visionary that come together and they can just crush it in, in partnerships. Those and there's a book called Rocket Fuel that Diego and I read. Mm -hmm. um, that is the other thing where I've seen where where I'm like, if these two people and I see it on my mastermind, I'm like, if you and you get in a breakout room together and connect, you guys are about to crush it. So uh, in my opinion, when somebody is, I don't want to say too smart for their own good, mm -hmm. but I have had people like reach out to me for some one-on-ones and they'll be like, Felipe, I don't know about this deal. The cash on cash on this deal is this much. And I lost a deal that had this much more cash on cash. And I'm like, okay, let's take that away for a second. If you're cat, cause that's going to change next year, your cash on cash if your cash flow is still there, would you buy that deal? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, then go buy it, bro. <laughs> buy that deal. Does it cash flow 500 bucks from day one or more on a single family home? Yeah, but the cash on cash is this much less. I'm like, look, dude, I'm not saying go spend a billion dollars on a property to cash flow 500 bucks because that's just dumb. But if you're going to spend 300,000 or 320,000, and you're going to make $500 cash flow. Guess which house I'm buying. And they'll usually say the $300,000 one. And I say, no, I'm buying both. And it like, <laughs> right. it like, oh yeah. I'm like, dude, it's still 500. It's still a good deal, flow, bro. bro. Yes. Like you're going to get loan pay down. You're like, no, I'm not buying one. I'm buying both. And like, they start to understand that yeah. concept of like, just get started, man. It's, yeah. it's worth it. It's there. Would you agree? 100%, man. I love, love that. And cause yes, 100, I get questions all the time from students that are nitpicking over a deal. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, what more are you looking for? Like, if you're not going to buy this, why, why even buy anything? A hundred percent. I agree. They always <laughs> want a home run. Every yeah. deal has to be a home run. I'm like, dude, I've built my wealth off base hits, right? That's like, it, man. I've bought I would say I've, and, and this is probably goes against the grain, but I've bought a majority of my properties just off the MLS. Yeah. Just straight up. Now I'm getting savvier and going wholesaling and doing all this other stuff. But when I started MLS, bro, like nine, 10 of my houses, MLS, when I started, cause I didn't know any better, but I got started, which is the important part.
Right, right. And that's, 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 you know, people. So I had this conversation with a student just the other day, yeah, where they were, they were overanalyzing a deal. And at the end of the day, it was a single family home, a three bed, two bath, 1500 square foot brick, classic, classic house. They were paying sub 200 for it. It was going to rent well over 1%. And they just, they didn't like, you know, the cash flow. And it wasn't a home run cash flow deal. And I was like, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't going to net them a huge flip profit, but I'm like, bro, like at the end of the day, if your worst case scenario is because it's not going to net you, you know, 60 grand on a flip. So you throw a tenant in it and it makes you, you know, one and a half, two, two and a half, three percent. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Like, what are we having a conversation about? Buy the house. Like yeah. your worst case scenario is a is an awesome cash flowing rental. Like just buy the house. Buy it. Right. Get off real my estate, Zoom. Go buy Real estate's house. amazing. Even if yeah. you buy a bad deal, if you keep it long enough, it'll be a good deal soon. I love that saying. I think Brandon said that. Yeah. Um, last thing, and then we can get out of here because I know I'm taking up a lot of your time. I uh, I spoke to a good friend of mine in real estate and uh, I was asking him because I was getting a little frustrated with my rat race to find mastermind, my members, that some, it seemed like, it seemed like a lot of people were taking action, but there was this like group of people that just weren't for some reason. And they had, bro, all of them or most of them over six figures, great credit score. Everything was cush. So I asked, like, why do you think and how can I get through to them? And he said they're comfortable. They don't need cash flow. They don't need rentals. They don't need the headache. They want the wealth, but they don't want the headache that comes with it because they don't need it. Yep. So if you're out there listening, the most dangerous place to be when you're going to start investing in real estate is comfortable. If you are comfortable, you are not going to get started because you don't need it. I was on a a recent mastermind privately with our rat race members. And one of the guys got into the hot seat, which the hot seat is where we allow you to go up and tell the whole group what your biggest issue with real estate is. One of the guys that got up there, I won't say his name. One of the guys that got up there uh, was like, man, I've been in rat race for a year and I haven't bought a rental. And like, I got really discouraged. I was like, wow, I spend over a hundred days on rat race, Monday and Wednesday, twice a week. And you haven't done anything. What happened? So we dug into his story. He lives down, uh, down South. He makes well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. He lives in a high rise. He's got a great job. Perfect girlfriend. Everything is great. And I looked at him square in his face and I said, it's cause you're comfortable, bro. You don't need real estate. You have a great job. You're among the top 1% earners in your city. You live in a great area. You're, you don't need it. And he, he, he agreed. He's like, wow, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, the reason you're not doing it is because what does $500 look like to someone making six figures in the South? Like you don't need the money. So all that to say, guys, if you're listening, if you haven't got started and you're a high income earner, it's probably because you're comfortable. So make sure you get out of your comfort zone, start investing. It's totally worth it. Amen. Let's do it. Henry, thank you so much for your time. Before we get out of here though, where can people find you? Um, yeah. Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more? Yeah. Best place to connect with me is Instagram. I'm at the Henry Washington on Instagram and you can check my website, henrywashington.com. 
I will make sure to have all those in the bio. Henry, thank you so much for your time, brother. I'll let you get out of here. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. The Rap Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.